Join us for this episode of Nature Centered, a podcast from Wild Birds Unlimited about feeding the birds and enjoying nature right in your own backyard. Here are your hosts, John Schaust and Brian Cunningham. Hi, everyone. I am John Schaust. And I am Brian Cunningham. And welcome to episode number 74. And you know what? It's one of our favorite topics, and it's simply the joy of feeding birds in the summertime. Unbelievable. You know, a lot of people don't do it, right, Brian? But, you know, I know mm-hmm. you and I love to see those beautiful birds in the summertime. Oh, you got some of that, uh, those old tales, those old sayings, ah, you don't need to feed the birds in the summer. But man, are you missing yeah. out on some amazing things. The joy of the birds in the summer and some of the activities and actions that go on. Yeah. There's so much to talk about today. It's <laughs> yeah. the fun of yeah. it. it. It truly is one of my favorite topics, which is kind of weird because we talk about a lot of way cool things, but this one is really just kind of near and dear. I love mm-hmm. my birds all summer long and having them coming and going from the feeders and having those summertime residents and all the nesting that's going on. Absolutely one of my favorite things to talk about. So everybody stick around for the fun. Brian, did we sell it strong enough? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I hope so. I mean, joy, nesting birds, all sorts of cool activities that are going on. And you don't have to watch all day, every day to get the similar benefits to feed in the winter. I I hope people are going to be sticking around and listening. We got a lot of really cool pieces in this. I mean, John, you know, you look at feeding the birds in the summertime and the benefits to you and the benefits to the birds. Absolutely amazing. Well, you know, it's something that I I have to admit, you know, I've got my little patio deck on the back of my house and all the feeders in my backyard and some nesting boxes scattered around the woods and in the field, you know, in the valley next to me. And I spend a lot of time sitting on that deck watching the birds coming and going. And I, I, I can't tell you how much fun and just enjoyment and relaxation that brings my wife, Lisa, and I. It's, it's, it's a, it's something that we truly look forward to, uh, every summer. And it, in many ways, you know, I know the pandemic is starting to fade for a lot of us, but in many ways it is what got us through the pandemic. Uh, I think the, it got the, a the, lot of people through the yeah, pandemic for sure. Yeah. I mean, we, we weren't bored. We didn't feel caged. We didn't, you know, when it, we didn't feel, uh, <laughs> Like we were sequestered and, and, you know, no, we, we literally enjoyed that time because we had the setup in our backyard that would attract these birds coming and going and, and, uh, we're able to take advantage of that and just truly just soak, soak ourselves in it, if you will. And just, uh-huh. I can't tell you, I mean, we ate per- virtually breakfast, lunch, and dinner out oh, on our deck, yeah. you know? Nice. Anytime the weather was was uh, conducive, but yeah, so so that's just a, you know I don't want to oversell this to people, but it it is if you you know because here's part of the problem. Uh, unfortunately, even today, as well you know, Brian, we still hear people. Well, you know, as you mentioned already, I'm not going to feed this. You know, it's oh, it's time to stop feeding. It's it's summertime. It's time that you know the birds don't need my help anymore. What? <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh my goodness. Yes. Yeah. You hear that quite quite often. I was talking to one of our store owners about that recently. And they're like, man, what do I say to that? Because this is a new owner and uh, we've got resources for our owners to talk about. Oh my goodness. The joy and the benefits mm-hmm. of feeding birds in the mm-hmm. summer. Dude, you already talked about a couple of the things. Just enjoying all this activity, enjoying. I, I love the patterns that happen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, going on these morning walks with my dog and when you're out at regular times, you start getting used to the patterns of the birds. And one of my favorite things, you're talking about being out on your deck all the time and connecting with the birds and getting all of this, uh, the, the commonalities, their regular uh, rhythms. Uh, yeah. I love yeah. being able to, I sit out in the evenings a lot and I'll either sit out on the out front or a sit out back, and you start to see the the same kinds of activities as the birds are getting ready to go to bed, and uh-huh. they're uh-huh. talking to one another, uh-huh. and hearing that, um, and that is fantastic, and, and to get that rhythm. Um, but the other piece that I, I absolutely love is being able to see birds raising families, and to know, man, right. some of these right. birds are raising their families in my yard, uh-huh. And I'm helping them to do that. Uh-huh. What better uh-huh. joy can you get out of something like that? And and it's as simple as a multitude of things, putting up nest boxes uh-huh. or having uh-huh. a, a habitat. We'll touch on some of those pieces. But just knowing I am helping the birds. Yeah. Uh, and, and being able to be the fly on the wall, if you will, and, and watching them go through that process and raise a family and watch those young successfully fledge ah that is so much fun yeah and we and we've and we've talked about all this you know on previous podcasts and Mm -hmm. and the bottom line is there's statistical studies that you know back this up that you know again birds with access to regular food like provided like a by a feeder you know abundant and reliable food source will raise successful broods that have more young you know at least one more young in many cases They young will quite often fledge earlier, you know, a day or two earlier than if they didn't have that reliable source of food. Uh, and, and many of them, they nest earlier, in some cases, you know, quite a bit earlier if they have a reliable source of food nearby. So there is a lot of data out there that says, you know what, this is actually, they, these birds are actually benefiting from the food. Uh-huh. And, and that's the thing that, you know, you, we, we've talked about. Yeah. I have a couple of friends, they, they, they're going to stop feeding, you know, and it's like, but, but the no. funny part about it, you know, <laughs> because they think, well, the birds don't need it. Well, you know, the reality is birds really don't need it in the winter either, in the sense birds have been feeding themselves for eons. Where the benefit in winter comes is when you have, you know, pretty severe extreme weather. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are studies that prove that that survivability rate of birds that have access to, again, to that abundant and reliable source of food have a much higher survival rate than the birds that do not. So you are helping there. But on a day-to-day basis, summertime is no different than wintertime. The birds can still find lots and lots of natural foods in most cases. In most cases, there are exceptions right. to everything. Uh, so that that logic that, you know, I, the birds don't need it, well, then why are you feeding in the wintertime? Because they don't need it then either, really. I mean, again, it helps out with some things. But so, so the bottom line is, the other thing, 
I, I'm seeing some of my friends, the same two people who said they're going to stop feeding. Well, you know, they're starting to get Orioles, so they're going to keep their their <laughs> <laughs> their oranges and their grape jelly out. And they've got hummingbirds, so they're going to keep the hummingbird nectar feeder out. So it's like, well, how how are you separating those out from your other birds? Right. You know, your woodpeckers and your uh, other uh, you know songbirds. So I don't know. I don't I don't get the logic anymore, to be quite honest with you. And and uh, uh, it, it, and the fact that you miss out on such all the things that we're talking about, you miss out on having those young woodpeckers coming to the feeders for the first time, and all those different experiences and. And the different birds, you know, I don't get them every year, but like indigo mm-hmm. buntings, I'll have indigo buntings coming to my hopper feeder oh, all summer yeah. long in yep. some cases. You think I'm going to miss out on that? No, <laughs> sorry, not going to happen. Uh, and, and things like that. So, right. um, oh, I yeah. love being able to see like the little, <laughs> the little finches as it, the fledged ones that come out look like they have little double horns <laughs> and they come into the feeders. You're like, you look like the this house, little, the house little bird. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You, yeah, you miss that out is, on that because that is... just one time in that year or yeah, oh, it's, it's seeing some of the other birds, you know, um, they're very modeled, kind of a motley crew. They're just disheveled looking and, you know, mm-hmm. bluebirds look that way when they're fledglings. They don't look all prim and proper like their parents do uh, and just get this really modeled look and you think, oh yeah, yeah. disheveled teenager, rebel against the world. Trust my mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, it's just right down the line, Brian. As you yeah. all know, you know, I'm lucky enough to have piloted, and mm-hmm. uh, and they are regular, daily, ongoing visitors to my feeders, my suet feeder especially, and um, they nest. I've I've been lucky enough a couple of years to actually see and observe and photograph the nest and that type of thing. I don't I don't find it every year, but I can hear them. I know they're nesting mm-hmm. somewhere close by. It's just a matter of me finding finding the nest. It's not like um, they're small or anything. Yes, <laughs> you would you you would think I would be able to find it every year, but it's not. It's uh, it's got actually. I just had a tree come down and uh, uh, about two weeks ago, and when I was cutting it up, there was a pileated nesting cavity, and, oh, and I've got the man. whole thing. It was kind of cool. So I now have this limb that was a nesting cavity for a pileated that I cut out of this tree that fell. So uh, it was a and limb? that was right next to my that huh, pardon that was a limb. That was a big limb, yeah. That's a big that, limb. I mean, yeah. pileated woodpeckers, yeah. our biggest yeah. North American yeah. woodpecker, yeah. they're big. Now, they're shy. Yeah. Like you said, they, they hide easily somehow, but yeah. man, that's a big limb for a Well, a this, was, this was a big, huge tree that went up about 50 feet and split into two major uh, posing trunks. So there was, wow. they were big. <laughs> <laughs> ah, so, so bottom cool. line, uh, you know, I just uh, see the, uh, you know, see the, the adults coming to the feeders, the female especially. You talk about a bird that looks bedraggled. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> she looks like she's been through heck. You know, yeah. she's kind of her, she's really kind of dirty. You know what I mean? She's, her colors are very muted and, and, you see, the, the the feathers aren't really that well maintained, you know, like mm-hmm. they normally are, mm-hmm. not as sleek and, and tight as they normally are. But boy, when she comes to that suet in the tailprop, Peter, she is like, yes, it just feeds away <laughs> like there's no tomorrow. So, yeah. well, if uh, you are going in and out of the door, in and out of the door, in and out of the door, in and out of the right. door, feed, 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 and you sleep inside for half the day, and then yeah. usually dad. For woodpeckers, dad oftentimes sleeps in for half the day. 
Or at night. Uh, right. Yeah. Dad's in at night. Mom's in at the day. And you're they're back and forth. Of course, your feathers are going to start to wear out. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, man. And that's a cool thing to see, be able to observe of your birds and to see, man, how challenging is this to raise a family? And you get to see such incredible behavior. It's like, mm-hmm. again, back to the pileated. The, the males are skittish. I mean, of all the woodpeckers, <laughs> the big, bad pileated is probably the most skittish one that comes to my feeders, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you make a movement anywhere and they're gone. Well, the females have never been quite as skittish as the males. So just a chance to watch them enough up close to, to learn the behavior difference like that. But now, you know, when they're in the breeding season and, and, and feeding young into, into the summer, uh, they become incredibly tolerant. <laughs> I've had situations where, you know, I am no more than probably 10 feet away from that tail prop mm-hmm. suet feeder, and she flies right in and goes to work on that suet cake. And <laughs> there's just, I'm not I'm not a concern at all because she's, yep. she's got business to do, and that's to hit that suet cake. So She's, she's hungry. Yeah, it's just fun. Yep. That's what we're talking that's about. Fun. It's, it's, it's just that fun. Interaction on that level with the birds in your backyard. You, I think you mentioned what you said, rhythms, kind of the rhythms yes. of what you're seeing in the backyard. Yep. That's what's cool about feeding in the summertime. Right. Oh, you can yeah. watch those rhythms and, and different birds come in at different times. And you can almost set a watch to it, uh, especially in the month of June. I mean, just certain birds coming in in the morning uh, around around us with, with cardinals coming in and wrens coming in. And then the bluebirds are hitting things and house finches and... Um, and then you got woodpeckers mixed in and the different species of woodpeckers too popping in and mm-hmm. just watching those rhythms and knowing, man, each one of those, I'm always trying to, to spy out where are they going? Which directions mm-hmm. are they? Because they usually come in from one direction and oftentimes right. leave in either the same or a different direction. Because honestly, it may not just be my backyard and feeders that they're hitting. I, I hate to admit that. That there are other people that feed in the neighborhood. <laughs> they're my birds. You know, they're coming it's, to my food exclusively, it, right? <laughs> I just thought it's probably a darn good thing that you and I don't live close together. Yeah. <laughs> Stealing hey, each other's that's birds. My John talking about all these these birds and uh, keeping birds or from you or we're sharing the birds uh, everything the birds are doing when they're hitting our yards and they're hitting our feeders and they're hitting the natural foods in our yards they're looking for good quality high energy foods lots of proteins and and sometimes those fats because the fats give them that mm-hmm. energy but man mm-hmm. the proteins needed to keep going and that also you know helping the babies grow but that reminds me you know we're talking about these parents looking bedraggled too well part of that is most of these songbirds have uh, molted their feathers last summer because they molt once a year right right so so they should be looking a little bedraggled right right? (laughs) (laughs) so it's not just the energy of taking care of and raising a family but yeah it's just those feathers are wearing out and starting in summer, and especially starting in June, a number of our songbird species that visit our yards are starting to do that molt. They're changing out their feathers, and this <laughs> this is going <laughs> to take some time. This is going to take a few <laughs> weeks. Uh, and so they're also looking for that excellent nutrition. 
So that's another point of, man, feeding in summer, that really can help the birds because mm. the importance of, of having good feathers, good coloration in your feathers, being able to attract a mate later so you can raise a family because you have this beautiful plumage, but your feathers also got to carry you through successfully <laughs> through that winter time. Mm-hmm. Or through migration. I mean, if it's right. a, a migrant that just comes up here to nest and then heads south again, they've, they've got to have good feathers to do that. So Right. Yep. Yeah. Good quality food's always, always a key. Yeah. And habitat. We, we, mm-hmm. We've uh, talked about that in our last podcast about how important habitat is and what things that people can do for habitat. But, you know, bird feeding with the, the supplemental foods that we put out there is a great thing, wonderful thing, and, and does have its benefits, as we've already talked about to the birds in the summertime. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, you know, need lots of natural food sources, especially. Yeah. yeah in our last episode, we talked about <laughs> a, a chickadee <laughs> that will feed, what, six to 9,000 caterpillars to a brood of uh, nestlings right. to get them to fledge. And, you know, they're not getting that from our feeders, unless they're using mealworms, of course. Uh, but they're and not going to get six to 9,000, I don't new. think. <laughs> if, they're, if they're getting just it's, mealworms, six to 9,000, yeah. that's too many. That's one food yeah, source yeah. that's got to be varied. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It has to be varied and give them all the different micronutrients and stuff. But right. but the bottom line is, you know, you, you have to have that mix of good habitat and with lots of native plants to uh, really, really do the right thing for these birds. Right. So. Well, and and I love, you said in the past, uh, you know, it's it's okay for the birds and wildlife if your yard's just a little messy. You know, it's, it's okay. A perfectly manicured yard is not necessarily conducive for the birds because it, it just doesn't have mm-hmm. all of the, the seeds or the berries or, or even the insects that are attracted to those things. Um, <laughs> so if there's any way part of your yard, I understand there are HOA rules, those homeowner right, association right. rules, where you just really want a nice looking yard, you can make those islands and those corners of your yard <laughs> to to be a little messy and and to leave some leaf litter and, and let some things grow a little bit. So there are ways to do it. Yeah, I'm probably, I don't know, I, it's probably a really good thing I live where I live because it is a predominantly wooded area mm-hmm. and uh, it is tough to grow turf grass for most people although it never ceases to amaze me how some people have lawns that look like golf courses they're amazing they're happy to uh, take on the challenge I, right <laughs> yeah uh, you know and I've, I've been here almost three decades and so I've kind of gone through the evolution myself when I first came here you know I tried to get the lawn to look really nice and you know, overseed and fertilize and weed, and, you know, weed and feed and all that How kind of stuff. How long did it take for you to just throw in the towel and say, this is, this oh, is not I, easy. I, this uh, is too much honestly, money. Honestly, it's a combination of probably four or five years. I just was like, okay, uh, this one is not working very well. Uh, and two, um, it looks pretty good even without all of that. You know, it doesn't look terrible. Yes, I have a lot of violets and can they leave buttercup <laughs> and, you know, all these little uh, uh, henbit and purple dead nettle and all these other little mints that can grow in people's yards. And, and uh, you know, my wife loves it. She loves all the color and the flowers. And, and yet I still have a lot of grass that comes up, too. Mm-hmm. So it, it doesn't look terrible. And, and again, I'm not in a neighborhood that really demands that you have sure. golf course-like 
front yards and, and backyards. But um, so it's it's been a process for me to kind of say, you know, at some point I don't need to be doing all this and spending all this money. And to be honest, what I am doing now is better for the birds and the and the and the other mm-hmm. you know bees and butterflies and everything else benefits from all of the different little wildflowers and things that are popping up and all over my yard. So for sure. And yes, I keep it mowed. It's not like some weed field or anything, but, uh, yeah, it, 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 it's kind of a mental evolution that you kind of go through if you've always been raised and, and in an area that has just perfectly manicured yards. Right. So, yeah. And it's, it's baby steps as you go. Yeah. It, it yeah. really is. It's easy to just a little, a little bit each year. Mm-hmm. And you can mm-hmm. really make a huge difference, you know. Yeah. It, it, you know, not just having those natural foods, those natural areas. You think about the supplemental feeding. We've talked, kind of hinted at that a little bit. The supplemental feeding. What are the best things for the birds in summertime? And you know, winter, lots of fats. Summer, lots of proteins. And we mm-hmm. have some great blends. We have some great foods. Uh, you know, obviously having the nesting super blend which is specifically designed for nesting birds. Um, great blend to be putting out in, you could put it in all sorts of feeders. Little tray feeders, you could put it in big tray feeders, two feeders, uh-huh. hopper uh-huh. feeders, uh, just all sorts. Um, and then you mentioned mealworms too. Well, uh, I tell you, the, the, thing, the thing that I, you know, you're talking about the supplemental feeding and then, mm-hmm. uh, you know, proteins and et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, I, I'm going to revert back to something we've already talked a little bit about. You know, it took forever for me to get Orioles, but once I got Orioles, they're yes. a regular visitor. And the fact that I now have uh, the grape jelly and the oranges out on a regular basis throughout the summer, I am amazed at the activity on that feeder that's not just Orioles. Yes, I mean, there's nothing better, nothing better than having a regular, you know, set of Orioles coming in day in and day out to your feeders. That is just spectacular. You know, oh, we yeah. get lucky enough to, yeah, to have Orchard and... Uh, and Baltimore, both here in this area that, that come to my feeders. But it's amazing. Uh, you know, my, my cat bird, uh, man, within a day of coming back this spring, uh, is on the grape jelly. You know, Sweet. so it's got it kind of makes me think it's probably the same cat bird that we had around here last year. Going straight they knew to exactly it. exactly yeah. where to go to find the great, yeah. Uh, my red belly woodpecker. My red belly seems to like the oranges and comes to the oranges on a pretty regular basis. And, and very, various other things uh, at the same time, the, uh, some of the warblers will come into the grape jelly. Also, my prosonotary, mm-hmm. I get a prosonotary that I live along a couple of creeks, and I have a couple of nesting boxes back, and I typically get a prosonotary warbler on a regular basis oh, nesting that's awesome. here all summer long. That sucker's coming in, and it comes in, I don't know, it's about three or four times a day, it seems like, to hit the grape jelly. How much yeah. fun is that? Oh, I mean, yeah, I, this, is, this is all basically, you know, a whole new experience in a way that, you know, before when I didn't uh-huh. have the Orioles coming and so I didn't have this stuff out, I missed out on all that. Yeah. And now New it's birds, just a right? highlight. And it, it, they're great birds and it's a highlight every single day to see these things coming into these feeders. Yeah. So uh, what about yellow-rumped warblers coming in? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Hitting mealworms. Not as regular. Mealworms, grape jelly. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they like uh, uh, suet. They'll come and pick mm-hmm. the, the little suet crumbs off the top of the baffle. You know, the tailprop feeder when the woodpeckers hit on it, little pieces, flakes. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. Little, um, I love it when they come. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
And my yellow-throated warbler does that a lot. I have a yellow-throated warbler that must nest here every summer. Mm -hmm. Uh, When it comes back, it immediately starts showing up at my feeders, which is so cool. And it'll feed on various things. It'll it'll hit a seed cylinder. It'll hit uh, bark butter, uh, bark butter bits. Uh, But it likes the the little suet. uh, Just little suet crumbles. and pieces. The crumbles. Yes, the crumbles. (laughs) Perfect. The crumbles that fall on top of the baffle, so... Yeah, I mean, it's just, I have to be honest, I've been feeding birds for, honestly, for at least 40 years, and uh, all of these birds are really a revelation probably in the last five to six years when I've kind of changed up my feeding and added Orioles and and various other bark butter bits and bark butter, uh, just really made summer bird feeding a whole different game. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, we'd have to bring in two feeding and especially you're talking some of these sugary things that you're adding in mm-hmm. just the importance of yeah. keeping clean plates clean utensils yeah. for the birds right and and yeah. summer it's fairly simple to do that just having some feeder cleaning taking the time to to wipe things down or uh, rinse something out scrub it out put it back up just to keep those feeders clean and tidy so that you're presenting a <laughs> a nice clean table setting for the birds. Uh-huh. <laughs> You're spending enough on great food and spending enough time making it available. So, yeah, yeah, the importance of keep those feeders clean. Yeah, it's it's a whole different ballgame than in the wintertime with the heat and humidity in a lot of parts of the country. You know, just the high, high temperatures or the high temperatures and humidity in uh-huh. lots of places. Uh, that can make things go south pretty quick. So it, it is very, very important to keep an eye on those feeders and, and give them a regular cleaning uh, to make sure that they're you know safe and healthy for the birds when they come in. Oh, yeah. Makes me think about even in dry areas <laughs> after a rainstorm. Uh-huh. Yep. Very important. Keep, keep those feeders. Keep an eye on them. Keep them wiped down. Keep them clean. Yep. Yep. Excellent. All right, Brian, any other little tidbits or pieces of joy that we can share? Man, I don't know, John. We've hit on a lot of different things, uh, and I, I know I just I'm I'm looking forward to it even more now. Just inviting the birds in and watching those rhythms, watching for babies coming in. Now uh-huh, I'm helping the uh-huh, parents. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yep, absolutely, no question about it. It's it's again, it's one of my favorite topics, just because I think. Again, I was just talking about the revelation for me in the last five years. If we can help other people have those same types of experiences, uh-huh. that's everything. That, that, yes. That's what you and I are in business to do. Exactly. You know? and that's, so if this podcast helps people make a little bit of a change in, in what they're doing in the summertime and maybe continuing to feed or add some different foods to their to their offerings and to have some of the experiences that you and I just go crazy on, the day is made. Right. <laughs> if that works, it's, it, is a, it is a great day. So, Indeed. Well, I definitely want to thank everyone on behalf of Wild Birds Unlimited for tuning in for the joy of summer birds and really hope you guys are getting excited like John said. Go, go do one of those new things. Find some, some of that joy this summer. Don't stop feeding the birds because if you do, man, you're missing out on some really cool things. And hey, uh-huh. if you love this episode, you found some great tips in here, Please rate and review us. Let us know what you think. Absolutely. So again, thanks for listening. And until the next time that we get together, 
when we're going to talk about the wonderful world of woodpeckers. Woohoo! Again, one of my favorite group of birds. I love woodpeckers. So, until that time, as always, Brian and I are going to continue to let nature be our guide. So until then, please take care, be safe, and keep those feeders clean. Thanks for joining us, everyone. To subscribe to the podcast, for show notes, or to find the Wild Birds Unlimited store near you, visit wbu.com slash podcast. And we really appreciate you telling your friends about Nature Centered. But until next time, we hope you find a moment every day to relax and enjoy the birds.